Welcome to the Sober Sidekicks Never Alone podcast, brought to you by the creator Chris Thompson, hosted and produced by Carl Fessenden. This podcast was created to highlight the stories and successes that make up the community that forms the Sober Sidekick. Chris built the Sober Sidekick because addiction thrives in isolation. We want to remind you that you do not have to fight this battle alone. We strive to bring you inspiring stories that will let you overcome your darkness and lift you from the ashes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Never Alone Podcast. I would like to welcome everybody to today's show. Uh, my name is Carl, the host of the Never Alone Podcast, and uh, Chris Thompson is the creator of the uh, Sober Sidekick app, so I want to thank uh, him and his team for allowing me to do these uh, episodes and uh, tell people's story. So just a little housekeeping. Uh, if you're new to the uh, podcast, welcome. Uh, our theme here is that you never have to be alone. So one thing that we do like to stress is that if you do feel like you need to reach out, um, please, we're going to give some numbers at the end of the podcast, and uh, you can always reach out to them. You can always go over to the app and reach out to somebody there. That's another really great resource uh, that you can utilize, and you'll get a response right away. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or one of those type of services, uh, please go ahead and save us in your favorites. That way you'll get notifications when we have new episodes that come out. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a rating so that we kind of know how we're doing. Uh, we're a new podcast, so you know any type of feedback we can get from the community, or maybe if you know Chris and you see Chris um, on the app or you know wherever, right? You can always give give us any feedback that you have, any suggestions you might have for the show to make it better. So today's guest is Jason, uh, all the way from Ohio. So we're going to bring Jason into the episode. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And uh, Jason and I were going to do uh, our our platform where we could see each other, um, but our internet connection wasn't the best. So I've uh, brought Jason in on uh, my cell phone and ran it through the board. So hopefully the audio is going to be um, premium. And uh, I know that he has a great story. So he was telling me a little bit about it um, before we uh, hit the record button here. Um, but Jason, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it means to be sober for you? Well, today marks uh, my six-month anniversary of sobriety, so. Congratulations. Yeah, no drugs, no alcohol, nothing for the last six months, which for me is quite a feat because I've been drinking and drugging for over, over 40 years. I mean, as my mother and I were talking the other day, you know, I'd asked her, you know, when was the last time she'd ever seen me? you know, not drinking or anything. And she, and she, she said herself, I was probably about two years old at the time. Wow. That's uh that's incredible, man. And congratulations on the six months. That is like a huge milestone. Um, you said something to me that I thought was very interesting before the show. And it's, you said that this is the first time that you've gotten sober by your own choice. Not because somebody else has told you you need to be sober, not because maybe the courts have said that you need to go into a program or something like that, but this is a choice that you've consciously made to improve your life. So tell me, how is this time compared differently to other times that you've tried sobriety? Yeah, well, the only other time in my life that I've, I've ever really been sober 
was when I was a teenager and I was doing six months in a juvenile facility. So I was sober for that six month period of time, but that, that obviously was not by choice. That was court ordered, but it does kind of tie into my addiction and things along the way, because, uh, I, I was doing six months for trafficking in, in marijuana. Hmm. Wow. You know, being my own habits at, at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went in when I was 15 years old. And I got out about two weeks before I turned 16. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible, man. And so young in those type of charges, you know, um, at a very young age. So I think that we're absolutely blessed and lucky to have you here that you can tell your story to us. I mean, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you're alive, man. I, I realized just recently that out of all the people that, that I pretty much grew up running around with, I'm, there's only two or three of us that are still alive. I'm one, one, one happen to be one of the lucky ones that have made it so far. Because the most recent was a friend of mine who who had just gotten out of prison, and he was out for about two weeks, and he overdosed on heroin. Wow. Well, you know, um, like like you said, you're lucky to be here um, by your own choice, which is amazing. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, um, the journey for you this time. What has this journey been like and, and how is it different from other times that you've tried this? Yeah, this is really the first time I've ever really actually tried to get sober, but I decided I, you know, for once in my life, I wanted to, uh, you know, try to experience life without the drugs and the alcohol, but I entered, uh, sober living program and that's been been helping a lot and i go to meetings almost every night whether it be aana or celebrate recovery it seems like i'm in a meeting constantly that's good though. Trying, trying trying to get the tools and things i need to uh you know keep me sober once i get out of sober living because I've, I've made the choice that I'm not going back to my old life, no matter what. Yeah, that's that's a really um, uh, great choice. And, and um, I'm glad that this time is different for you. And you're able to recognize that these outside resources really help support you and really kind of carry you. Uh, has there ever been a time um, that you've felt alone in this journey or um, that you felt like, you know, you needed additional support to help you get through a situation? There was a time when I was in another sober living program that I felt very alone. Because I entered a sober living program in November of 2022. And, uh, you know, the, Hold I, I was in there for about two and a half months and, and I never once had an appointment with my case manager or anything. Yeah, so it made me feel very alone. And the program that I'm in now, I see a case manager three times a week. As well as uh, I see counselors twice a week. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so, so it's very much, very different. Yeah. The first, pro- mm-hmm. the first program, they weren't really helping me do anything, you know, just sending me to group yeah. on a daily basis for, for three hours. Mm-hmm. You know, so that wasn't, wasn't much. Um, and, uh, I made, I made some good friends while I was there, but that was, a, you know, about, about as far as that went, it was getting, starting a, a sober support network. And now, and the, the other program that I'm in now, you know, we're always, all of us guys are always hanging out and going places together and doing things together and helping take care of each other and support each other. And, you know, we, we let each other know that, you know, none of us are alone in, in our journey. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this, the idea that we don't have to be alone, what is the saying that, um, uh, misery loves co- uh, company and, you know, the fact that sometimes we'll really kind of lean into this idea of isolating and the idea that, you know, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And it's okay to, you know, shut the world out and to ignore phone calls from support people. Um, and, you know, even to stop going to meetings. Uh, so, um, you know, these are really great tools that we can utilize people in recovery uh, to make sure that we don't have to feel alone. And I think that's really important to kind of emphasize because we aren't alone. And it's things like um, the Sober Sidekick app where you can send a response out and you can, um, you can get a response back, I mean, within seconds sometimes. Yeah, most of the time you post something and somebody's right there you know, to give you the support you need almost immediately. Yeah. And that's really important. I've, I've talked to so many people that, you know, utilize this app and, and the fact that they can put something out to the community and the community will respond back so quickly, I think is just a testament to how this community is different from other community recovery communities out there. You know, we, we have our NA groups, 12 step groups, um, you know, life ring, um, uh, real recovery, you know, all these other groups, but to be able to have a phone and, and send a message out, you know, like on Facebook, but it's for people that are in recovery, people that understand us, right. That have liked, um, you know, problems. You know, problems like and can understand shared experiences and, th- and such that uh, yeah. we can reach out to each other and offer someone support or whatever they need in in the moment for their recovery. Because I know for me on Facebook, most of my friends on Facebook are people I know either from meetings or from being in sober living, mm-hmm. you know, th- you know, most, most of my Facebook friends are, you know, are addicts, addicts of some sort. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah. Like on my Facebook, I have, you know, all of my 
it's kind of segregated into two different kind of categories. I have my family and then I have my friends and people that are in recovery. Um, and you know, one cool thing that really, uh, was so awesome. My second year clean, I was able to bring all these different groups of people together to celebrate, you know, my, my, my accomplishment of two years. And Jason, I'll tell you what, man, it was such a trip to like, see like my mom sitting across the table from other people that I used to use with. And, um, you know, I had people that I was going to school with, they were there. So, um, you know, we really do recover and having all of these different, um, entities in our lives, really, we, we don't have to do this alone. And I know we have an event coming up in June that I've already been told my mother and stepfather intend to, uh, come out for the event and, uh, you know, they'll be able to meet, you know, my sober friends and others that I, I know in the community, you know, from, from meetings and such. Yeah. And that's going to be really important, you know, really important for those two different factors in your lives to meet each other. Because I don't know, like, my parents, they didn't quite understand what it meant to be in recovery until I had my one year clean where they were able to like meet all of my people, my friends that were in recovery. And I think that really kind of opened their eyes as into why having a community like this is so important. I pretty much grew up watching my dad drinking just about every night. And I had an uncle that sat in the corner of our living room drinking beer from the time he got up till the time he went to bed and, and neither one of them ever, you know, sought any help or, or treatment for it. So yeah, this is also something kind of new for my, for my mother as well. Mm-hmm. You know, to see me, you know, going through treatment and getting sober and sticking with it. And... Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, well, so, so I'm looking forward to her being able to see the progress I've made and, becoming a different person that than she's ever really known. Mm-hmm. So how, how are you different from like, what type of character qualities have you seen change in yourself? Yeah. For a long time, I was pretty much antisocial and didn't talk to hardly anybody. And, you know, now, now it's like, I, you know, I'm out here talking to, you know, people at meetings and such and, you know, making new new sober friends and, you know, supporting, you know, my brothers and sisters in recovery and uh, just, you know, being more willing to help, you know, other people when, you know, when they're in crisis or, you know, needing a shoulder to lean on or help of any kind. You know, whereas before, you know, I was usually more concerned with where I was going to get my next drink or drug. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that because the personality change that I had from being kind of an introvert, not really wanting to go outside unless there was like a really good reason for me to go out or, or, you know, socialize with other people. 
Um, and then being able to see myself like convert over to this person who's like really outgoing, really social. And, uh, you know, it was a really interesting, um, experience for me to go through. And, uh, you know, now I, I get to talk to people like you and I get to meet people of all sorts of walks of life. Right. And we get to tell stories like this. about the most socializing I would normally do would have been going out interviewing bands and things when I was doing internet radio. Because I always enjoyed meeting the bands, you know, and hearing their stories and, you know, things going on with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, that, that was that was more socialization than I, than I really wanted to do, but... <laughs> You know, it was part part of my duties. Yeah. So internet radio, man, that's really interesting. Um, you know, gosh, technology has come such a long way. You know, what probably five or or eight years ago, we probably wouldn't even have a platform to to do this efficiently. You know, and now we can do live streaming on YouTube and you know all of these other platforms to get our message out to people that we probably wouldn't ever come across in our lives on a, you know, just on our daily basis in our lives or anything. So. Yeah. It was never really anywhere for people in in addiction to really meet or help each other previously. Mm -hmm. At least nothing that I'm aware of. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, you just kind of run into somebody somewhere and you find out you're both, you know, going through some of the same things or doing some of the same things. And that was the only way you really met. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, technology is so great because it's really allowed us the opportunity, um, like, like you're talking about, you know, to get, to get out there and get that message out to people. I, I do my best to try to try to uh, promote anything and everything that you know is about recovery and getting getting sober and trying trying mm-hmm. to you know carry the message you know to those still suffering from their addictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, it's Jason. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show and. Um, like, you know, just congratulations on, on your success of today being your six month mark. Um, and I wish I could be there to give you a hug. Right. So, um, you know, if you had something that you wanted to tell somebody that was maybe just coming into recovery, um, what, what a piece of advice could you give to that person? This episode of the Never Alone Podcast was recorded in studio by the Drunken Worm Podcast Productions. The Never Alone Podcast is part of the Sober Sidekick brand that was created by Chris Thompson. If you are in need of help, remember you're never alone. If you're in crisis, dial 988 for help. You can also dial 911 if you're feeling you're in a life-threatening emergency. Remember, you're never alone, and there's always somebody out there that can help you. Thank you again for listening to the Never Alone Podcast. This is Carl Fessenden signing off, and remember, stay well, 
stay sober, and live your best life. Take care.